in a row I get to preach. Isn't that, that's, I'm, I'm happy about that. Pastor Mike said, well, hey, do you want to speak the weekend after Thanksgiving too? And said, well, I suppose if I have to. You guys know how much I like to do this. Uh, I just pray over and over that God would just fill me up with stuff that will just overflow and so that we can grab a hold of it and get to know him better, right? That's what it's all about. Well, if you were here last week, I talked about, since it was Thanksgiving weekend, uh, the miracle power of giving thanks and how that can change your life. So if you weren't here last week, you missed out on the miracle. Sorry. Uh, But no, it's a miraculous thing. If we learn to be thankful for what we have instead of focusing on what we don't have, it can change your life. And God is looking for that, looking to bless that. Uh, So this week, I want to talk about good seed or bad seed. And uh, this is something in the Bible, over and over, God uses planting and uh, harvesting, sowing and reaping as something to help us understand different things. Growing up, we had a huge garden. And my mom over here uh, was the gardener of the family. There was five of us kids plus mom and dad, so seven mouths to feed. And so we had a garden, let me tell you. Uh, that was, I was trying to think yesterday what the dimensions might have been, but probably 150 feet by 50 feet, something like that, I suppose, roughly, maybe more. Big, lots of stuff. So, you know, I grew up with being very familiar with the concept of preparing the soil, planting the seed, nurturing it, weeding, watering it, weeding some more, watering it some more, putting pesticides and herbicides on there, whatever you had to do, and then harvesting, my favorite part. How many like raw peas out of the garden? Oh, yeah, I used to do that all the time, sneak out there and pick some pot until she'd catch me, and then I'd be in trouble. Uh, but eat raw peas out of the pot. I love that. And it's also, it was right in the middle of farm country in central Minnesota. So we were in the middle of a bunch of farms, Uh, We didn't live on a farm. My dad was a a heating and air conditioning contractor, uh, but we were in the middle of farmland. So yeah, I baled hay and picked rocks with the neighbors too and was very familiar with that whole process of preparing the fields uh, and then planting, growing, nurturing the plants, harvesting, uh, and then the dormant season as well. So I was pretty familiar with these concepts. God uses things that are familiar to us that we can tangibly see, feel, and put our hands on to teach us about himself, doesn't he? And from the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible, this sowing and reaping concept is used. And we're going to look at a whole bunch of that today, how he uses that to teach us about himself. Because a God that is so incredible, so huge, that with not even a snap of a finger, just thinking it can speak all of this into existence, us, and everything who's outside of the realm of time and space, how can we even expect to understand a little bit of him as human beings, right? We just can't. We can some, and he wants us to as much as we can possibly handle, and that's why he uses these familiar things to teach us about him and about spiritual principles. So we'll look at that today. As we look at this concept of sowing and reaping, there are four areas that I see in the Bible that really Uh, He speaks to in our lives. And I want you to think about these four areas as we're going through this for yourself and how this could affect you. First of all, in your relationships with others. It's really important to God, our relationships with others. Sowing a seed, reaping a harvest. How will this work in, uh, how will this apply to you in your relationships with others? Financially, 
Jesus uses financial concept, uses the sowing and reaping concept in speaking of finances a lot. Sowing and reaping, how does that work? Physically, our physical lives, what seeds do we sow and what benefit do we reap that way? And then most importantly, spiritually, your relationship with God, how does sowing and reaping apply to that? So pay attention to those four areas as we go through this uh, and talk about this. So let's pray before we dig into the word see what God has to say. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, God, for your word. I thank you that you pour it out to us. Your Holy Spirit makes it real to us, that it can guide us through our lives, Lord God, and help us. You didn't just leave us here hanging, God. You gave us your word as a, a roadmap for our lives, God. And so today I just pray that your Holy Spirit would make your word real, help us to see things in a way we haven't seen before, God. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's start towards the beginning here. Genesis 8.22. We're going to read this and see how God set things up. He says, As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. So right from the beginning, God says, These are the things I've set up. There are certain principles in nature that this is just the way it is. There's always, as long as the earth endures, there's going to be seed time, there's going to be harvest. There's going to be day, there's going to be night. There's going to be summer, there's going to be winter. This is the way it is. So keep that in mind as we go through this. These are just principles God has set up. This is the way it is. There's something and then there's a result. And then there's an opposite and it's just the way it is. It's set up that way. So in regards to sowing and reaping... If you're taking notes, now's a good time to start because there's seven things we're going to look at here. I'm going to try and get you out of here in time to watch the Vikings. Maybe. <laughs> seven, seven observations when it comes to sowing and reaping that we're going to look at, all right? <clears throat> Number one, we will only reap what has been sown. Seems... Kind of logical, right? If something hasn't been planted, something's not going to grow and we can't reap from it. We're only going to reap what's been sown. But, sown by us or sown by others? Okay? We can do both. Let's first take a look at sown by us. Let's look at Galatians 6, verses 7 and 8. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Now, First, I looked at that and said, what does that mean? Why did, he, why did he say that? Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. He's reiterating, this is the way it is. This is the way I've set it up. These are the principles. God can't be mocked. You can't mess with it. You reap, you sow. It, it is the way it is. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. That's the way it is. The one who sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. So there's one of the principles that says you reap what you sow. If you're sowing selfishly, the things that you do are selfish, well, that's what's going to come back at you. But if you're sowing to please the Spirit, man, that's what will be blessed and that's what will come back to you, right? So then let's take a look at John 4, 31 through 38. His disciples were concerned for Jesus and then said, Rabbi, eat something. But he said, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. So they're concerned about him eating something. And he said, oh, they're talking about food. I'm going to use this opportunity to teach them something. Then his disciples said to each other, 
Could someone have brought him food? Yeah, they were wondering too. What are you talking about? You have food that no one else has. My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say four months more and then the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They're ripe for harvest. Even now the reaper draws his wages. Even now he harvests the crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows, another reaps, is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. So there we see something you reap from what someone else sowed. That's pretty cool. It can be, or it can be bad, can't it? So we reap seeds we sow, we reap seeds that others have sown. It can be bad in that we have a lot of people from different backgrounds here. Some of us have come from very dysfunctional environments, I'm sure. Environments where maybe someone in the home was, had an addiction problem or they just didn't know how to relate to each other or something. Who knows? We reap from that, don't we? The consequences of that. That's reaping what others sow. That doesn't seem fair sometimes. But that's the way it is. We reap what others sow sometimes. But there's also the positive part of it. And we can sow into other people's lives seeds they're going to reap, whether it be bad, whether it be good. And we better be aware of that, right? Let's take a look at Exodus 20, verses 5 and 6, and see how God feels about this. This is, I love this, this, these verses so much. This is when God's talking to the children of Israel. The nations around them, of course, are making idols and, and graven images that they're bowing down to and worshiping and everything. <clears throat> and he says, You shall not bow down to them to worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers, to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. So there it is. Set up that way. There's going to be what you do is going to affect your kids and your kids, down to the third and fourth generation. Haven't we seen that over and over? Uh, Alcoholism can go from father to son to grandson and can keep going on. But here is what is so cool. Verse 6 tells us the heart of God. Yes, they'll be punished down to the third and fourth generation, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Isn't that awesome? Third and fourth generation or thousands. See, this tells me that he's like, yeah, there's got to be consequences for the bad, but I so want to bless you. So when I see somebody that loves me and is going for me, man, I'm going to bless you to a thousand generations. And that can be handed down forever. Wow. That's cool, isn't it? My parents are a great example of that. Growing up, we were uh, in a very good Pentecostal church in Little Falls, Minnesota. We lived a good 30-minute drive from there out in the country, but it's still Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. We were at church every single time. There's no question about it. You had to maybe lose a limb or something to get out of going to church or whatever. It was that serious. And it was just a given. We just knew that that's the way it is. We're going to be there twice on Sunday and once on Wednesday. And, boy, what a thing to sow into your kids. And I want to tell you, really looking back at it, it wasn't a drag that much because it wasn't like 
we could tell that we weren't going because we had to go. We could tell that mom and dad were going because God was living in their life and doing things, and it was real, and they wanted to be there, and we wanted to be there. Wow, what a thing to sow into your kids' lives, right? Man, the benefits of that. I'm reaping the benefits of that still. All those years of learning the principles of God, of being in his presence, of seeing how real he is in the things that he does. Man, I'm so thankful that it means so much to me. And then look where it has gone. My grandparents started being Christians. Now my parents passed down to us. My brother Mark is a missionary in Thailand, been there over 20 years. He's now the director of all peninsular Asia for the AG World Missions. I can't even... Imagine thousands of people have come to know Christ because of his obedience, because of my parents' obedience, because of my grandparents' obedience. And look, now I'm a pastor. I can't even believe that myself. And my daughter has gone to North Central University to be a worship pastor, and it just keeps going and going and going. Isn't that amazing? When you sow seeds into your kids' lives, into your marriage, into your relationships, into other people, they get to reap from that. So are you sowing good seed? Are you sowing bad seed? That's really important to look at, isn't it? All right. So that was number one. You only see what's been sow what's been reap what's been sown. There we go. Number two. We will reap the same kind as we sow. You'll reap the same kind as you sow. And that seems like a no brainer too. But let's take a look at Genesis 1, verses 11 and 12. Then God said, Let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with the seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Do you take an apple seed? And plant it and hope for strawberries. Doesn't work that way, does it? Apple seed produces an apple tree, right? That's just the way to, or a dandelion. You know, they, they, have, they turn white and get the white feathers and the seeds are attached to it and they float and go somewhere else. And does a dandelion seed land and go, boy, this looks like a nice place for a daffodil. I think I'll be a daffodil. Doesn't work that way, does it? The seed that's planted is the same kind that is grown and that you reap from, right? So in your relationships, do you think we can sow seeds of anger and bitterness and get back love and acceptance? It just doesn't work that way. These are the way the principles God has set up. It's just the way it is. You get the same kind of seed that you plant. Financially, if you blow all your money and you're not putting anything away for retirement, when you get to retirement, do you expect a big, nice, full retirement account. It's not logical, is it? So why do we do it in other areas of our lives, in our relationships with God, in our relationships with each other, in different ways? Why do we expect something different than the seed that we plant? We can't. That's just the way it is. That's a principle that God has set up. Okay, number three. We will reap in proportion to what we sow. I see in the scriptures, we'll reap in proportion to what we sow. And that makes sense, too. It's just logical, but yet we don't think about it, do we? If you have a handful of grass seed and you want a lawn and you go, I'll put a seed here, maybe one over here, one there, but, man, I'm hanging out to the rest of these. Are you going to have a lush lawn? Of course not. You spread it. 
generously, and then you get back generously. With the same proportion that you sow, you reap. So think about that too. Spiritually, the most important thing, your relationship with God. If you say, well, I'm pretty busy. I know it's important to read God's word and have daily devotions and spend time with him. I don't have a lot of time, so I'll take two minutes of my day and I'm going to read a scripture verse and that's it. Would you expect to have a flourishing relationship with God? To dig in, to grow, to know his word, to begin to know his voice so that when you have a tough time, you can recognize his voice? You usually don't get to recognize his voice in those desperate times. You get to recognize his voice in the time spent with him daily on a continual basis. And then you get to recognize that still small voice. Whatever you sow in, that proportion that you put into it, you're going to get out of it. If I wanted to get into better shape, what if I said, boy, I'm busy, but I know I need to get in better shape. I tell you what, I can, I'll do two push-ups every day. What's that going to get you? You know, you're not going to be running marathons from that or anything like that. The same proportion you sow, you reap. Spiritually, financially, physically, relationally. Remember that in your lives, right? There was an award-winning corn farmer who uh, grew this great corn. Every year he went to the state fair and he won a blue ribbon. Every year. He was just so good at growing really good corn. And a reporter decided to interview him one year and find out a little bit more about how he did this. And as they're going through the interview, she found out that he actually gives his seed corn to his neighbors every year. She's like, what? How can you afford to do that? They're growing corn and competing against you, and you give your best seed to your neighbors? And he said, well, yeah. Don't you know how it works? You see, throughout the year, as they grow and the winds start to blow and they cross-pollinate back and forth, if I allowed them to grow lower-quality corn, it would eventually degrade the quality of my corn because they're cross-pollinating. Isn't that interesting? That sounds like God's economy to me, too. He doesn't say be selfish and hold on to the good. He says spread it out, share it. If someone else is doing good, you're doing good as well. That's the community uh, uh, attitude that he wants us to have, right? That's pretty cool. Another way God uses reaping and sowing and all that to, to help us out. Loving and genuinely caring for other people is a huge part of who God is. It's just huge. He wants us to do that. All right. Number four. Now, this may confuse you. Hopefully not. Number three, we just said you reap in the, same with, in the same proportion that you sow, right? Number four is we will reap more than we sow. It sounds weird, doesn't it? But here's why. Number three was our part of it, what we do. God says in his word, you'll, you'll, you'll reap in the same proportion with what you sow. But then God throws his economy in the mix, and that's number four. We'll reap more than we sow. When God puts his touch on it, look at a kernel of corn. Do you ever take a kernel of corn and plant it and expect a stock to grow up and give you one kernel of corn? Not just one. <laughs> Two, three. No. Google tells me that the average cob of corn has 800 kernels on it. So if you grow a stock with just two cobs of corn, that's a 1,600-time increase. 
That's amazing, isn't it? That's God's economy. That's the way he has things set up. That's what he does with it. He's looking for a seed to multiply because that's what he wants to do, right? Someone was talking to me afterwards after the first service saying, hey, how about apples? You plant an apple seed, look at how many apples you get. But not only one season, then it keeps coming back and coming back and coming back. And I went, hey, that's cool. That speaks to the generations we were talking about. It keeps growing the next year, the next year, the next year. That's what God wants to do. That's God's economy. We reap more than we sow. So let's take a look at 2 Corinthians 9. We're going to read 6 through 11. Remember this. We already read part of this. We're going to read the next verses. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Every man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, he has scattered abroad the gifts to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now, he who supplies seeds to the sower and bread for the food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generation will result in thanksgiving to God. You'll be made rich in every way. That cross-pollinating thing is God's economy as well. In every way. See, that tells me that financially, if you're generous, God's going to bless you, not just financially, but in your relationships and your relationship with him and with others and in every way. Physically, man, I've seen that over and over again. You get faithful in one area and God pours out his blessings in as many areas as he can because that's his desire. That's what he wants to do. So let's look at Hebrews 11.6. A verse that many of us are familiar with. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, not just that he exists, that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Do you believe that? Then give him something to bless. Plant a seed, give him something to bless, right? If we really believe that. See, I think that's one of the things we as Christians miss out on the most is this really believing that God really wants to bless us. He is looking for something to bless and expand and blow up. Why don't we plant some seeds, give him something to bless, right? Man, it just makes so much sense. So let's read Malachi 3, 10 through 12, just to reiterate this a little bit. Bring the, and this, of course, is when he's talking about financially tithing. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be room or that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. That's a dare from God. That's kind of cool. Test me and just see. See if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. Now, not only that, but here, look at this too. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. 
You believe this is what God wants to do for us? He does. He's looking for things to bless. So let's give him something to bless. See, there's a misunderstanding a lot of time that if I give my life to Christ, if I really go all out, if I just say I'm going to serve him, I'm going to be giving up so much. Are you kidding me? What are you giving up? A party lifestyle? Illicit relationships? I'll tell you what would be giving up. Maybe a lot of diseases, heartache, pain, baggage for the rest of your life. That's not a lot to give up, is it? When you can trade it in for a God who wants to do this for you. Oh, man, what a difference. What a whole different life. We need to see that we're not giving anything up by serving God. He wants so much to bless us. All right, so number four, God throws it in the mix. We reap more than we sow. So number five, we will reap in a different season than we sow. Remember we talked about planting, harvesting, all the different seasons of growth? Uh, Just as there are seasons in nature, there are seasons in our lives. This is important to remember and to understand and be patient about. If you took a tomato seed and stuck it in some dirt, would you expect to come back later that afternoon and grab some tomatoes and slice them up, make a sandwich? It's just not the way it works, does it? It takes time, doesn't it? It takes nurturing, it takes watering, it takes weeding and nurturing, and then it'll grow. And in a different season, then you'll get to reap the benefits of that. Uh, I talked about growing up in the farming community, and I saw it, prepping the fields, getting them all ready to go, getting the machinery ready to go, everything ready, and then planting. And then there's the whole growing season, which is not time off by any means. That's more cultivating, more uh, watering, more fertilizing, uh, checking the soil sample. Oh, boy, it needs some more nitrogen or some of this or that and spreading more stuff on the fields. And it takes a lot of patience, a lot of time for something to grow, doesn't it? And then comes the harvest season. And, man, that's great, but you're busy getting everything, getting your silos filled, hauling everything off to the granary. And then comes wintertime which in our farming area wasn't really rest time because they're dairy farmers, so they're still taking care of the cows and milking and feeding and doing all that. But as far as harvesting and planting and all that goes, it's rest time, dormant time. The soil needs to rest. There has to be a dormant time. It has to be there. And sometimes we are in that time. I'm going to read a story about someone who gave up. One day, a man in his 30s got fed up and decided to quit. I quit my job, my relationships, my spirituality. In fact, I want to quit my life, he said. Then he went into the woods to have one last talk with God. God, he said, can you give me just one good reason not to quit? But God's answer surprised him. Look around, God said. Do you see the ferns and the bamboo? Yes, the man replied. Then God continued, when I planted the fern and the bamboo seeds at the same time, I gave them very, I took very good care of them. I gave them light. I gave them water. The fern quickly grew up from the earth. Its brilliant green covered the forest floor. Yet nothing came from the bamboo seed. But I didn't quit on the bamboo. In the second year, the fern grew more vibrant and plentiful, but nothing came from the bamboo seed. But I didn't quit on the bamboo. 
In the third year, there was still nothing from the bamboo seed, but I would not quit. In the fourth year again, there was nothing from the bamboo seed, but I still didn't quit. Then in the fifth year, a tiny sprout emerged from the earth. Compared to the fern, it was seemingly small and insignificant, but just six months later, the bamboo rose to over 100 feet tall. It had spent five years growing roots so that in just six months it could grow over 100 feet tall to not just survive but be significant amidst its peers. I would not give any of my creations a challenge it couldn't handle because I love them too much. God said, did you know, my child, that all this time you've been struggling, you have actually been growing roots? I wouldn't quit on the bamboo, and I'll never quit on you. Don't compare yourself to others. The bamboo had a different purpose than the fern, yet they both make the forest beautiful. Your time will come, and you will rise high, God said. Five years growing roots, so that in the time when God's timing was right, there it goes. We have different seasons in life. So I don't know what season you're in, but rest assured, God has a perfect plan for you. I'm, I'm sure of that. And you're in a season of struggle or maybe a season of dormancy or a season of growth. Hang in there. Stick it out. There are seasons to life, just like there's seasons in nature. You just got to go through it. But in the meantime, keep on planting, keep on watering, fertilizing, working, maintaining, doing what you need to do. Stay faithful, right? In all seasons of life. Watch and pray for lessons to learn throughout the different seasons of life. It's important to understand that. Grab a hold of that. Not get lost. All right, number six. We're getting close. We will reap a full harvest if we do not give up. Kind of ties into knowing that there's going to be seasons and we got to get through them. But we will if we don't give up. Let's look at Galatians 6. We'll read 7 and 8 again, but then we'll continue on to 9 and 10. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Here it is. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. We will reap a full harvest if we do not give up. This life is kind of a test. It's just a pretest to heaven, right? And we need to hang in there, not give up, and trust God. That's part of learning to have faith in Him, even when things aren't looking up. Kind of like last week, being thankful for what we got, trusting Him, no matter what. Giving thanks before the answer comes, right? That's having faith in God. There's going to be frustrating times, just like when you're gardening. You might have those pesky potato bugs or something like that to deal with, right? That's part of the growth process. Nurturing, watering, weeding, taking care of things. We need to do that as we go through these things that are not easy sometimes. Weeding. Oh, I hate that. Weeding the garden. John 16.33 says, In this world you will have trouble. That's just one of the many times that God tells us this. There will be trouble. So why are we surprised when trouble comes? 
We're in a fallen world. That's just the way it is. There will be trouble. But take heart, he says. I have overcome the world. Hallelujah for that. We can go through it. He's overcome the world. He's got a bigger purpose. We know there will be battles and seasons of dormancy. We've got to stick it out. Last one, number seven. This is big, too. We can't do anything about last year's harvest. But we can do something about this year's. Make sure you catch that. We can't do anything about last year's harvest. But we can, today, now, do something about this year's harvest. You might be sitting there saying, man, this is really discouraging me, Larry. You're talking about planting seeds and the results. And I don't know, I'm not too proud of my past. I haven't planted any good seeds. Maybe you have bad relationships with your family or with friends or there's just things you've done wrong, made financial mistakes or whatever it might be and just haven't planted good seed. You know what? You can't do anything about that. It's over. It's done. You can start today planting good seed generously, sowing into the lives of others around you, sowing into your own life and planting the good seeds. Can't do anything about yesterday. Today is the day you can start planting good seed. And you know, it's going to take a while before you can reap the results. But I believe this. The way God's economy works, even as you're waiting for your seeds to come into fruition, he's got others in place that others have planted that you can start reaping the benefits of. Because he honors you when you start planting good seed and honoring him, right? I've seen it over and over again in my own life. I can tell you it's true. Uh, He does that. He prepares us. So that's what we can do. Good? Praise God. He wants to bless us in every way. Today's Communion Sunday, so I'm going to have the guys that are going to be passing out the communion come down and start doing that. And I'm going to have the prayer team come down as well and stand up front. Uh, The prayer team is here for you afterwards. Uh, you know, maybe something that I've talked about here, my prayer is that, you know, there's so many different areas in our lives that this can affect the sowing and reaping, the cause and effect thing. My prayer is that the Holy Spirit's been talking to you while I've been talking, babbling on here, uh, to some area of your life. And if there's some area that God's saying, you know what, there's something you can change. Man, come on up here and pray with these guys. And maybe it's not that at all. Maybe it's just that you have something else on your mind or you need help in some area, you need prayer with something, need someone to talk to. That's what the prayer teams are up here for afterwards. Feel free to come on up and spend some time here. There's no rush. You can stay here as long as you like and pray. Praise God. But now we're going to take communion. Hey, I want to say one last thing as they're passing that out too. Remember the four things we talked about. Today you can start planting seeds for tomorrow. So in the area of your relationships, in relationships, God is a healer. He's a reconciler. There can be a lot of damage from the past, but God can heal it if we let him and start planting good seed. You got to be aware of how we're, how we're treating others, right? Financially, God is our source. You know, and maybe you haven't made the best choices in the past, but do this. Just pray, God, Teach me how to responsibly manage my finances. Let me start planting those seeds that way. Physically, if that's your thing that uh, God's talking to you about, you know, God is our healer, isn't he? 
And yeah, we, ha- we live in a world, we have diseases, we have sickness, but God is our healer. And we can trust him for that. But maybe there's something that he's saying, yeah, you need to change something. Eating habits or, or your workout habits or whatever it may be. Let him help you start planting good seed in that area. And of course, the most important area of all, spiritually, our relationship with God. Think of how he wants to take and multiply the seed like the kernel of corn. Just invest just a couple more minutes every day or something, a little more in your relationship with God. Invest time with him. Invest time studying his word, getting to know him. He wants to know you so much and reveal himself to you. Invest just that little bit and let it grow. Just watch what he does with it. Like he says, test me in this. I dare you. He wants to so bad, bless you, in that area. So be thinking about that this week how you can start planting a little more seeds. All right. Praise God. Communion is an awesome thing. It's a a command and a privilege that he gives us to remember what he did for us. And uh, Good Hope Church, we don't make you pass a test or anything like that. Feel free to take communion. Just make it real between you and God as long as you have a good relationship with him. This is something we do to remember what Jesus did for us how God came to this earth and died to give us freedom, to be the ultimate sacrifice. Man, it's an amazing thing what he did for us. That's seeds that he sowed that we get to reap the benefits of every day. Praise God. So let's pray and let's receive this communion. Jesus, we're so thankful for what you've done for us. We're so thankful that you were willing to come here and to die. That even when you said, God, is there any other way? Because you knew it was not going to be easy. He said, nope, this is what we have to do. You willingly went and gave of yourself on the cross, Lord. You went through the excruciating torture. And not only that, you took every sin of humanity on yourself. A pure, spotless God taking all that on. Oh, man, thank you, Jesus. Help us to recognize that today, to honor that. Lord, we accept that. We love you for it, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's partake together. This represents the body of Jesus that he gave for us. Praise God. This represents the blood that he shed for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, as we go from this place today, I pray for safe travels for everyone here. And I pray that this week you would just help us to see where we can effectively plant seeds that you can multiply, Lord. I just love that you want to multiply seeds and help us to be cognizant of what we need to do, what we need to change, where we can plant good seed. Lord, open our eyes to see bad seed that we've planted, maybe without even realizing it, God. In our relationships with others, in our relationships with you, Lord God. We love you so much. Just go with us now, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Go with God. Feel free to come down and get prayer.